Welcome to Talking Biotech, the podcast dedicated to exploring the latest advancements in biotechnology, sponsored by Calabra, the R&D software that accelerates scientific discovery with AI. Each week, we'll dive into the latest innovations and discoveries with industry leaders and pioneers. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Fulta. Hello and welcome to the Talking Biotech Podcast. It's the weekly podcast about agriculture and medicine with an emphasis on biotechnology, with the good things it can do for the people and the planet. My name is Modesta Abugu. I'm a graduate student in Horticultural Sciences Department at the University of Florida. I'm excited to be hosting another episode of this podcast as a guest host and to pro- promote the biotech innovation going on in different parts of the world through science communication. Today, we'll be talking about the American Society of Plant Biologists, ASBP, and my guest is Mary Williams. She works with ASPB as the features editor of the Plant Cell Journal and the developer of teaching tools in plant biology. Welcome, Mary. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Okay, we'll get to talk and learn more about ASPB today. But before we talk about that, can we know a little bit about your career and how you got to this position? Sure. I was an undergraduate biochemistry major, and I studied uh, yeast transcription. And when I was looking at graduate schools, I wanted to work on something multicellular. So I was looking at Drosophila, which I didn't want to work on. Uh, And they had just started making transgenic plants, and I was interested in how does a genome change which genes it's expressing in different types of cells. So I was able in graduate school to start doing promoter bashing, looking at, you know, if I put this piece of DNA in, where does it switch on? And that was really cutting edge stuff for the mid 80s. So I did my PhD at Rockefeller University in a plant molecular biology group. And then I went and did a postdoc at Berkeley with Ian Sussex, who's a plant developmental biologist. And I just fell in love with plant biology and the the fascination of plants and the the applications of plant biology. I got offered a a position at a primarily undergraduate institution in Southern California called Harvey Mudd College. And I was there for 14 years as a professor. And I was in a teaching focused position. So I did research with undergraduates, but a lot of my time went into teaching. So I had plenty of opportunity to think I've fallen in love with plant biology, but many undergraduates aren't in love with plant biology. So how can I get them to see what I see? And as a person who was at an institution that really valued teaching, I was given the opportunity to experiment and and try different approaches to, to helping students see plant biology. So I taught a sophomore level course that integrated animal and plant physiology. And we looked at the challenges of of organisms on Earth and starting with single-celled organisms. How do you do gas exchange? How do you take up nutrients? How do you deal with water relations? And by doing this sort of comparative physiological approach, students were seeing plant biology in a completely new way and starting to see how exciting and interesting they are as organisms. So I loved my position, but then I went on sabbatical to Scotland and I fell in love with a Scot. <laughs> so he said, would there be any chance that you would stay in Scotland? 
And I said, well, I would have to find a job that I loved as much as I love teaching. And at that point, I was offered the opportunity to uh, develop the teaching tools in plant biology for the Journal of Plant Cell with the American Society of Plant Biologists. And I made a list. What do I love doing? And what do I not love doing? And pretty much explaining science, talking about how interesting research is, has always been something I've been passionate about. And this, this opportunity really seemed to fit and check all the boxes of the things that I like doing. So I started doing that in 2008, 2009, <laughs> and, and I've been doing it ever since. Oh, wow. That's been quite a long time. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, you, you talked about um, how you got students to learn more about plants by teaching them the physiology aspect. For myself, I didn't know so much about plants until I got into my master's program and you know, the first course I took in spring was the plant physiology. And truthfully, like you said, it gave me a totally new dimension on how plants, yes. you know, how you can think about plants and talk about plants. So it's quite interesting. So you got into ASPB in 20, 2008. Could you tell us more about what ASPB is and sure. what they do? Sure. Well, I'll start a little earlier than that. Um, I had as a graduate student and postdoc, I had been going to plant molecular biology conferences. And um, my, I went to my first ASPD meeting when I was finishing up my postdoc. And back then it was the American Society of Plant Physiologists, so ASPP. Mm -hmm. um, and it was an interesting group. It was much broader in terms of topic area than, than I was used to. Um, but I really started going to the ASPD meetings once I became a faculty member because they had a group already at that time of plant biologists who were interested in education. And so every meeting, every annual meeting, there was a meetup of people who were in similar positions, really trying to innovate in terms of how undergraduates were being taught plant biology. So I started going every year and I became part of the education committee and I became chair of the education committee. And we worked hard to make ASPB a place where we could collect and curate ideas about plant science education, not just for undergraduates, but for, for all ages and outreach as well. And so that's been a big part of my relationship with ASPB is, is it, it is to me the place that we can allow teachers to come to provide resources for scientists who want to go out into the community to talk maybe at their library or their botanic garden about what plant research is. So that to me has been a very important part. ASPB was founded in uh, 1924, so we're coming up on the centennial. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's changed hugely in the 100 years. When I became a staff member at ASPB, I really wanted ASPB to sort of start to reflect better the, the changes we see in society. My first ASPP meeting was very male-dominated, and it wasn't terribly welcoming to, to early career scientists. And that's been something I have always felt that a professional society can can be a leader in is in providing opportunities for graduate students and postdocs. So a big part of my job now is running various mentoring programs where we work with, with graduate students or postdocs, provide them opportunities to develop some professional skills, but also to, to explore different career paths they might be interested in taking. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer in that if you ask someone to do something for you, you should provide them with some way of putting it on their CV. So our programs are named programs and people can write on their CV 
for example, I, I met you through the Conviron Scholars Program right. is an example of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So ASPB does education, policy. We publish three journals, Plant Cell, Plant Biz, and Plant Direct. And we're a professional society of trying to support other plant scientists. And the members of the society, are they majorly the students or the professors? No, it, it's a... Uh, Gosh, that's a good question. Um, it, it's spread across the board. We have uh, full-paying members who are professional members who are professors and people in industry, and we have discounted rates for postdocs, graduate students, and even undergraduates. And about half of the members are outside of the United States. The journals, of course, are very international. Most of our authors are from outside the United States. So even though the name says American Society of Plant Biologists, I think that it is a very international that's interesting. Um, you mentioned a number of outreach events and career building opportunities for upcoming scientists. Could you tell us some more about that? Sure. Um, we have, uh, for example, a few years ago, the uh, European Society of Plant Biologists started a program called Fascination of Plants Day. And this was a nice opportunity where people all across the world could do a one-day event to share with the public that plants are fascinating. So ASPB has been a curator and a promoter of these kinds of outreach activities. And so we collect ideas, we share ideas, we develop the Plante Network, which is open to anyone, and it's, it's a database of information, it's a social networking site, it's a communication site, and it provides us a place where early career scientists who have something to say or something to share can, can write or create or make a video or an infographic that explains the wonderful things that we do and that plants do. And if we put it in our site, then we share it with the world. And we've been growing for the last four or five years. And now we have quite a large reach of people who are looking at the information on the site. We're adding new content all the time. And as I said, we provide the place, we promote the material, but much of the content comes from early career scientists in the community. And because we're interested in all aspects of education and outreach, the materials we have posted in there are very creative and very useful. We have a section on careers in plant biology with interviews of people who've taken their plant science degree into maybe unexpected and unusual directions. So this is a great resource for people who are considering studying plant science. What can I do with a degree in plant biology? We have lots of information for teachers and, again, the general public. Yeah, that is great. I mean, personally, going through the website, I've been able to see some career paths that would be interesting for me in the future. And yeah, that is really great. Uh, we are still talking with Mary Williams, the future editor of the Plant Cell Journal and the developer of teaching tools in plant biology at the ASPB. And we'll be back in just a moment. Next week, February 8th, 2020, I will return as the host of the Talking Biotech podcast. And I'm really excited. The medium is such a great way to connect, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk to the world's experts about cutting-edge issues in agriculture, health, conservation, and how we can communicate the beautiful stories of science even better. 
But let's have a round of applause for Modesta Abugu. <laughs> right when I thought the podcast was going on hiatus, bang, she gives me four interviews that I can post. And she just did an amazing job. So thanks, Modesta. I hope she'll be part of this podcast in the future. And I hope you're part of it, too. Use this medium to accelerate your own interest in science communication. Co-host an episode. Host one yourself. It's easy, and I'll do the heavy lifting to ensure that you have a quality product that you can be proud of. And it makes me happy, too. We'll launch the Talking Biotech Podcast Facebook page to communicate about past and upcoming episodes. So that'll be a good place for us all to get together. And many have asked how they can support the podcast financially. I've weighed opportunities to bring in sponsors and it could work, but I just don't like the optics. So instead, I followed the advice of many and opened a Patreon account. The funds raised will be used to hire a producer perhaps hire transcript service, buy some better microphones, and cover the cost of service space to host the website and its content. I'd also like to start advertising, so we'll see how that goes. The bottom line is that thanks to you, we have a loyal following that enjoys this podcast, and I can't tell you how happy that makes me. I'm looking forward to the next run of this podcast, as it becomes even more necessary because technology is only getting more complicated and its pace continues to accelerate. Now back to Modesta and Dr. Mary Williams. And now we are back on the Talking Biotech podcast and we are still speaking with Mary Williams, the future editor of the Plant Cell Journal and developer of the teaching tools in plant biology in the American Society of Plant Biologists. So, um, Mary, you, you 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 talked about the different programs that are available for upcoming scientists. Um, the Combiron Scholars Program and the Plante Fellows. It's a, a one-year fellowship, right? What is it about? Um, okay, I'll start with the Plante Fellows. Uh, as we were developing the Plante community, we realized, again, that we had with ways that early career scientists could contribute. And as I said, I really believe that if you ask someone to, to donate some of their time to a project you're working on, you should make sure that they have a way to describe that on their CV. Because, of course, it's good for someone's CV to, to write a blog post about what they're doing, but how do you explain how you developed your career? So we decided to make a named fellowship, and it's a competitive fellowship, and most of the focus is on uh, using various tools to, to communicate science, and that might be to other scientists. So one of our Plante fellows has developed the Synthetic Biology Network on Plante, and he curates new research into that network and has made a, a fantastic place people curious about synthetic biology can go to learn about. Other people might be interested in making animated videos or a podcast or writing about the challenges of being an early career scientist, which is, of course, a pretty universal challenge that people face and providing them a place to learn from each other about ways to navigate the career. So it's, it's quite unrestricted in terms of what Plante fellows do. We, as I said, provide them uh, forum to, to put the things they write. Uh, we, we have a very active social media presence, so we disseminate. 
And we can see if we put a link to something on our social channels, which are mostly Twitter and Facebook, and we use WeChat as well for China, then immediately we get hundreds of views of the content. So rather than each postdoc having their own blog with maybe a handful of views, they put their content on our blog and they get hundreds of views, and in some cases, thousands of views. So I, I think it's a great program. And it also gives the, the early career scientists a feeling of being part of the community. Because some people work in very small labs and can be quite isolated. And suddenly they become part of the plantate community. They get to know people virtually. And I think the power of the internet is, is amazing. So uh, I'm, I'm quite excited about that. And part of the program also includes uh, connecting the fellows to a mentor. You yourself, you've been a mentor for a very long time. Uh, and I'm sure there, there are lots of people who would also love to mentor some yes. upcoming career scientists. Yes. So what, what could you share your experience as a mentor and what that means? Can I back up first? So first of all, we do have a formal mentoring connection program that's fairly new on Plante. And we urge both early career scientists and more established scientists to sign up for our mentoring network and we will make connections so that essentially anyone can find a mentor. Um, we haven't really talked about the Convirant Scholars, so let me touch on that first. So a few years ago, uh, the growth chamber company Convirant approached us and said that they were interested in um, giving us some money and uh, could we find a way that we could encourage bright and talented young plant biologists to stay plant biologists. And one of the problems we have in plant science we don't have lots of money compared to, say, if we were developing pharmaceutical drugs. <laughs> so it's easy for someone who develops great lab skills and is very intelligent to maybe move off into a, in a field that potentially could provide them a patent. Right? Right. So, so how do we keep people in plant sciences and not have the attrition? So what can we do to help these early career scientists, again, feel that they're part of this community, that they're valued, that they, because you know, we're at a conference. If you come to a conference and you know people, it's a much richer experience than if you're sort of alone at your poster. Right. So, so how can we get, connect people? So we developed the Convirin Scholars Program, and this is for bachelor's, master's, and PhD students, just students. And it's a mentored program. So we have a module on career development. We have um, panel discussions on different careers. We have a module on writing, a module on uh, video production. And the idea is that the, the combined scholars interact with each other through this private network we've set up, get to know each other, go on as they move forward in their career with a sort of built-in cohort. And it, it, it's, it's international cohorts. So again, you're going to, as a scientist, be connecting with people around the world. So why don't you start to build that now? So it's been a fantastic program. We're in our third year. You're one of our scholars. <laughs> We're just getting started with this year. Um, and I'm, I'm very excited about the successes we've had with the program. Yeah, I'm very excited also to be one of the fellows for this year. And so far, getting to meet the few people that I've met, they've been very warm and receptive. So that is a good way to feel like I'm not alone as an upcoming career scientist. I could actually get to learn more and meet with so many people who are doing amazing stuff in plant biology. So yeah, that's really good. Let's talk some more about 
the technical work you do for ASPB, and that's the teaching tools that you develop. Mm -hmm. So, how do you, what are the what kind of tools and resources are those, and how are they applied? And is it open access? Yes. And okay, great. It was uh, an idea that came from the former editor in chief of the Plant Cell, Kathy Martin. And when she became editor-in-chief, she had an idea that the journal, which is, of course, a very reputable, you know, highly recognizable journal, could have a, a section of it that was really focused on plant science education. And I met her at a conference. I was chair of the ASPD Education Committee. So she ran these ideas past me. And then when I realized I might want to change jobs, I got in touch with her and she offered me the position. Um, and her idea was that I'm a busy scientist. I am told, you know, go teach photosynthesis. Yes, I have a textbook, but my textbook is four years out of date by the time it's printed, right? Yeah. So what's happened since then? So she envisioned a, a set of resources that would sort of fall in between a textbook and a review article. And it would help students bridge the gap. Like what's, what's new? What are new ways of thinking about it? Where have we gone beyond this? And so we started this again in, in 2009, and we decided to run through all the plant formats. So each teaching tool is a module that includes slides that you can use in a lecture, or you can use for your own self-study. So you can go through the slide deck and just read the information on the slides and learn with pictures about whatever topic it is. And a few years ago, we did a study, how do people use these? And an awful lot, half of the people who use them are just using them as they move into a new field in plant biology to sort of catch up. <laughs> so a lot of postdocs are using these to learn, uh-oh, now I have to learn about photosynthesis. Uh-oh. Right. Um, we have a, a set of questions that you could pose if you were teaching students. Um, maybe just concrete questions like, what is chlorophyll A? but also open-ended questions. And the idea being that if you want your students to really learn, you don't just ask them to sit passively when you talk at them for 50 minutes, because we know people don't retain information when they're so passive. You need to periodically ask the student to think about the information that you've just discussed with them, and then that is what really learning is. When you can, if I can present you with some information, and then you have to figure out how that information moves into the next stage. You will then retain that information. So we have questions, again, to help instructors stimulate that kind of thought in their students as they're teaching. Um, and we have something like 40, I think, teaching tools. Now we're asking members of the community to create teaching tools on topics of interest. Our most recent one is on molecular dynamic simulations, which is a very cool method where you can model how a protein interacts with other proteins or its ligand. And that, you know, so that's very cutting edge method, but it's presented in a way that you can teach students how to apply it. Wow, that's exciting. And a lot of information available on plant tools and plant biology and cognitive science, a lot of things, and even science communication, right? Like We don't actually have a teaching tool on science communication, but that's a great idea. Maybe you and I could work on one together. <laughs> I would, I'd love to. <laughs> yeah, because science communication is one aspect that a lot of people are still having challenges with, especially, you know, you're a scientist, you're in the lab all the time. Now you need to go out there and talk to people, and you don't know how to go about it. So 
it would be great to have yes. you know science communication great. teaching tools great. we'll follow up by email awesome <laughs> <laughs> finally before you go if anyone wants to learn more about aspb is there a website or a social media handle they can visit <laughs> Why, yes. Oh. <laughs> our, our main website is ASPB.org. Our main social media channel is at ASPB for Twitter. Um, but we also, that focuses on our professional activities as a society. But many of our science communication and education resources you can also find at plantae.org. Or I think on Twitter it's plantae underscore org. <laughs> <laughs> and they can always reach out to me awesome well, thank you so much for being with us today and for telling us about ASPB I'm very excited to learn more about it and I look forward to being a great asset to the Convergence Scholars program this year and thank you all for listening to the Talking Biotech podcast please help by writing a review on iTunes or share this episode over your social media networks your reviews, comments and suggestions help us to share the science better Thank you and goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Talking Biotech podcast. Send your suggestions for guests, comments, or questions to talkingbiotech at gmail.com. Please write a review of this podcast on iTunes and recommend it to a friend. More downloads help us reach a wider audience with science. You've been listening to Talking Biotech, sponsored by Calabra, the platform that bridges the gap between siloed research tools. With Calabra's electronic lab notebook, scientists can work together in real time, sharing data and insights with ease. Revolutionize your research collaboration. Sign up for a demo today at calabra.app, C-O-L-A-B-R-A dot A-P-P.